that week is just a blur. And then that headache kind of went away and I got better. I got better, but I got worse because after being quarantined for 10 days, I was able to come out of the room, but then it, it was like I went completely backwards. From Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Podcast in Place, Youth Stories from Quarantine, a series about youth in Alaska during the COVID-19 pandemic. We're bringing you stories, interviews, and audio diaries from socially distanced teenagers and young adults. I'm Apne producer Daisy Carter, recording this on my phone, in my room, since the Apne studio is still closed. For those who have had and recovered from the coronavirus, the symptoms can really vary. Amongst our crew, Daniel DeClo experienced fatigue and loss of taste and smell. Sam Bernitz had body aches and chills. Some people are asymptomatic and may not even know they have the virus. But others, like today's guests, have had a very different experience altogether. Libby Peterson is a born and raised Alaskan who has been teaching special ed for 20 years in Anchorage. She spoke with Apne producer Daniel DeClo to talk about her unique experience with COVID. They spoke over Zoom on January 29th, 2021. When COVID hit, um, I have two children, a 20-year-old and a 7-year-old. Um, both, uh, my 20-year-old has rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and was diagnosed when she was 10. And then my son has severe asthma. So when COVID hit, we kind of went into a, just stay in our house. We don't go anywhere. Um, all of our groceries were brought in. Um, we went absolutely nowhere. So COVID was brought to me and I don't know how. That's, I don't know. I also had COVID back in September, obviously not anywhere near as, as severe of a case. And I'm still not hundred percent sure how I got it either but I was definitely more exposed to having come back to school here. So, um, but yeah, when did you end up coming down with COVID? What, when was the time frame? I actually went to work. I started to go back in the building because they kept saying, you know, school's going to go back, make sure you're ready. Um, so twice a month I would go in the building. Uh, so November, Friday, the 13th of all days, um, I was in the building and we, to go into school, I'm sure like your mom knows, you had to sign in on the front desk, fill out a COVID form on the lot, on the computer, take your temp, which was fine. Um, but we all wore masks um, and I was fine. I had no symptoms um, when I was there. But that night I, my daughter said, you know, smell this candle, mom, but I couldn't smell it. So that was kind of a, I couldn't smell, but you know, runny nose maybe. But then Saturday, um, I had my son, we were going to do, go get his um, ski pass. And he handed me a piece of gum, I'm all, I can't taste it. I'm all, oh crap. Yep. <laughs> so we quickly drove over to one of those drive-through COVID tests. Um, and so I asked when the results would be, and they said, you know, five to seven days. And well, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> I need answers now. So we went home. I called around to find who could do a rapid test. And by the time I found out, um, she did all the things on the phone, but said, we're closing, but we'll get you in at eight o'clock tomorrow, which was Sunday, the 15th. So I went in at eight and by eight 30, she said, you're positive. Wow. Yeah. 
That's crazy. It's definitely my taste and smell went and that's when I knew and I went and got tested and the lady was like, you're going to come back positive. That's just what's going to happen. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, so your experience with COVID though was quite unique from the textbook example that the CDC tends to describe. So um, you got to tell me what being sick was like for you. Um, horrible. Um, you know, it started, I'm all, oh, this is fine. We were still online for work. Um, so Monday I got online with my class and I teach, um, a structured learning classroom, which is all students with autism. And there I have eight students and it's kindergarten, first grade and second grade. So when they're online, they're also online with their parents. Um, and I have to be fully engaged with them online just because uh, and jumping around on the, you know, we jump around. It's just, some are nonverbal, some are verbal. Um, Monday, when I got online with them though, I mean, this was already, I already started just mentally, my brain, just things just started to not work. Um, so I texted work saying, I need to take my COVID days, which we were given 10 COVID days, something's wrong. I just didn't, feel right. Um, by Tuesday, I was like almost laying on the table. I would do Zoom right here. I was almost laying on the table trying to talk with my students, which it wasn't fair to them. And I emailed work again saying something's wrong. I need, I need to be off of work. I cannot do this. Um, Wednesday, we didn't, we don't Zoom with students on Wednesdays. Um, and so but by Wednesday, I couldn't even get out of bed like my head was just pounding. I was just, I get migraines, but this was not a migraine. Like I was starting to just fade away. So I was trying to do a meeting with my TAs and with the principal and all of them to say like, I'm, I'm, I'm fading away. Um, we got off at about 1130. Um, our school nurse called at noon on the phone and my son answered it. And by then I was already on the floor, like dead. Um, and my son was crying on the phone to the school nurse who then called 911. That's crazy. Um, it is, and it's all because like the school nurse just called to check because um, he knew just things weren't working. Yeah. Yeah, and my son just picked up the phone and started crying saying mom's on the floor, she can't get up. And at the time, um, did you think that this had to do with COVID or did you think this was something completely different? It was COVID, like I was struggling at that point to breathe, but it just, I mean, it was just bam, it just happened fast. Like my brain, I just, it hurt so bad. I remember just holding my head um, and I was curled in a ball on the floor and the paramedics showed up. Um, and at that point, I know my kids had gone to the room. Um, I went home later that night from the hospital, but like that whole next week, I don't really remember. I was kind of just stuck in my bedroom. Neither of my kids got COVID. Um, if I did come out of my room, I put a mask on, my kids put a mask on, but I really was just contained to my bedroom. So you, your daughter took care of you then, or did you have other people taking care of you? She took care of my son. I just kind of stayed in my room. Um, I have some really good parents of my student students who are good friends also. 
they were delivering food like every other day to my to my kids. So they took care of my kids. I was not able to just to function. So they really took care of my my kids. And then my kids just took care of each other. I just was that week is just a blur. And then the headache kind of went away. And I got better. I got better, but I got worse because after being quarantined for 10 days, I was able to come out of the room, but then it, it was like, I went completely backwards. Um, like I lost function of everything. And that's when the, the headache came back really bad. Um, and I called my doctor, she said to try a medication, which that made me really sick. And I know that was on a Monday because she said to call the next day, but I couldn't remember to do anything. Um, I was just lost in my brain. And that's when the kids found me in the pantry, like dressed to go outside, but I don't know where I was going. Um, I tried to cook a meal, but I just started the gas burner and left gas running and walked away. Like I was gonna burn the house down. Um, or I would try to cook waffles and I'd pour the mix in the waffle mix and then go take a shower. And my son would say, mom, it's burning. Um, and then I started stuttering really bad. I just couldn't form a sentence. I couldn't form words. So on Wednesday, December 4th, um, I called my doctor because I was stuttering so bad. And I just explained, well, I was trying to explain something's wrong. My brain's not working, but I was stuttering so bad. And they said to get to the emergency room. Going through your head at that time. I mean, did you think... Like what was going on? If you remember, I know you were a little foggy, but. No, I remember when I got to the emergency room saying, I'm not crazy. Something's wrong. I'm, something is not working. It's not connecting. Um, but I couldn't get it out. I couldn't speak because the stutter was so bad. Um, I just, I couldn't form sentences. It was, I was stuttering so bad. Um, like I was also, I'm pale anyways, but I was so pale and just, I was struggling at walking. Um, like my whole right side, it was almost like I had had a stroke um, because I lost the right side. Um, I would drag my foot, drag my arm. Um, but I just remember saying, I'm not crazy. Something is wrong with me. I just, I can't do things. Um, like the world was spinning. I'd be sitting there and things were spinning. And I just kept saying, something's wrong with me. Um, I saw a couple different ER doctors. And they just kept saying, we need to run this test. We need to run this test. And then they did the MRI. And that's when they said, there is something really weird on your MRI. Um, and thankfully they called in the infectious disease doctor and he's the one saying, she's gotta be admitted. Oh, good. <laughs> our doctor was saying, well, I think we just should send her home. And he said, no, something else is going on with her. Her MRI, we've never seen this before. They had never seen what the inflammation on my brain in that area. Wow, so that was completely new to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, the Benjamin Wesley was the infectious disease doctor said, you know, I, I believe you, something is wrong. Um, I'm all, thank God. <laughs> um, and that's when they ordered the lumbar puncture and every blood work you could ever think of. I was like a pin cushion. Um, 
But at that point, I tested negative for COVID. Okay. So did they draw that connection or did you have to say, like, I had had COVID and... Um, they knew I had had COVID, but thankfully I was negative. So I got to go up to the neurology unit. Um, so nobody was wearing like full on gowns and um, it was nice um, to not be so masks and <laughs> gowns and they were still a little cautious, the nurses and the doctors up on that floor because I had been positive up until that day. Um, but at least it was a little more relaxed, yeah, a little more normal, if at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it just went, uh, the speech paths, um, OTs were coming in and that's when it got scary when the speech path tried to do tests on me and I wasn't able to, she just said like two numbers and said, recall these two numbers. And I couldn't, and that's when it like really hit me. Like I, there's nothing there. Yeah. That is really scary. I could not imagine. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's when it really hit. And the Benjamin Wesley, the infectious disease doctor, he's the one that said, you need OT, PT, and speech. I'm all, why do I need OT and PT? And actually he was right. Because um, at first I was like, I don't need all this. <laughs> uh, but he was diagnosis. Um, the paperwork said is it encephalitis, which is the inflammation on the brain. Um, and that's what it was. It, um, I'd have to go find it. It's something with in the back of my brain and two, they had never seen it with the two areas because it's both areas in my brain were completely in, um, inflamed in inflammation, but something they had never seen. But they did say it was a result of COVID, but they are seeing more as I'm reading. And yeah. And as my therapists are finding, they're seeing more in the States and in the world of the inflammation in the brain. Yeah. That's a scary side effect that no one, no one saw coming. Mm -mm. So how are you doing now? How are you feeling? Um, better. I mean, it's every day is better. I am. Um, I do the OTPT speech every day. Um, and it's, it's great. I just did some retesting yesterday. So we were looking at scores from mid-December to now. And it, it was good to see. So some of the cognitive testing we did with speech at the beginning, mid, or mid-December, I mean, my scores were extremely low for cognitive testing in December, so right out of the hospital. Um, and it was good to see yesterday that they were coming out average. Um, I still have some that are in the low and extremely low, um, which it's hard to see that. Um, but I have to remind myself I'm still healing. I mean, I'm only, I'm not that far out. Um, and I've, come to terms with some pieces I might not ever get back. Um, but I'm okay with that. Um, I've been reminded many times that I lived through it where so many millions of people didn't. Um, but I'm still here with my kids. Um, I'm functioning. Um, I know where some of my deficits are. I know where I'm struggling 
and where I'm going to need help. Um, I still get frustrated with myself, but then I just have to remind myself, like, I know where those areas are, but I'm still functioning. I can still do things. I'm not, I haven't got to that disabled piece yet. Um, that's another issue with work. Like, well, I, I want to get back to work. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, I just, I don't know if this piece will get there, so. Um, how long are you in the hospital for? Three days. They just said to go home and start living life um, and get into therapy, um, which is what has helped. I mean, if without the therapist, I would not be here today. I mean, they really were. I got paired with the perfect therapist. Um, I mean, without them, I would not be here today. They truly understood. Like I, when I went in there, I broke down crying. I couldn't fill out the paperwork the first day. Um, Cause a lot, it's questions about yourself. Like when you go to a doctor and I couldn't fill it out. I couldn't remember like past surgeries. I couldn't remember, um, but they were so good with helping me just fill it out. And um, I go in there now and they're all, don't you remember yesterday? I'm all, uh, no, I don't remember that discussion <laughs> um, because I still have that short-term piece. Like I will remember some things and then I won't, but they, they just laugh it off with me. Um, Positive energy. Yes. Um, because then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes later, I'll go, wait, I remember. <laughs> so I still have, there are short-term pieces and then I do have long-term memory pieces. I don't remember. Um, so it's frustrating. Um, you know, I've born and raised in Alaska. So you would think like driving around Anchorage, I remember, but I don't. Um, I'll get in the car to head to Target mm -hmm. and I have to sit there and go, I don't remember how to get there from this part of town. Mm -hmm. So I know to head that direction, but I have no idea what streets to drive down. So it's really frustrating, but I just have to I probably take the long way to get there. Um, but even, you know, living here for basically my whole life, I don't remember how to get there. And by the time I get there, I have a massive headache because I've been focusing so hard to like figure out those streets. Uh, and again, I don't know if that'll ever come back. We'll be right back. Even though all of us at APNE have been working from home during the pandemic, we're still looking for youth to join our team. As a youth producer, you can conduct interviews like this one you're listening to right now, edit audio clips, record voiceovers, help write scripts, and much more. And all of it is paid work. So if you're between the ages of 13 and 24 living in Alaska and interested in joining APNE, go to alaskateenmedia.org join. You can also email us at news at alaskateenmedia.org. Now, back to Danielle's interview with Libby Peterson. Aside from, you know, COVID being stressful and awful to go through physically, um, how are you doing mentally and emotionally? I know you talked about being frustrated, but I guess throughout that process and how you're doing now. 
every day I think is different. Some days I, I'm up and I'm, you know, full of energy and I'm great. Um, if I wasn't, so, the only really stress I have and that really gets me down is work. Um, you know, I was cleared medically to go back to work part-time. Um, but, you know, ASD won't let me come back. So, so that it's really heartbreaking to put in so much time and effort into a job that I've been at for so many years and for them to tell me no. Um, so that it's, it's hard for me. They won't let me try to come back. Um, so that it, it, that's what's really hard. Um, that I love my job. I love what I do and they won't let me try to come back. So. I'm sorry. Um, I hope that things get better and you're able to get back in the classroom. Maybe things will be way more normal when you get back too. So it'll be like that more average experience. I know. <laughs> I'm just running out of leave. <laughs> so that's really hard um, when you're the sole provider for your children. Um, so there are those stresses that it, that's what's hard and that's what like causes headaches um, is money. I mean, you need money. Um, so it's hard when you're I mean, my doctor says the only way I'll let you go back to work is part-time because I want to see how you mentally handle part-time. Mm -hmm. And if you do good, then I'll let you go full-time. I just want to see how you do part-time first. Um, but when your job is telling you, no, it, th that's the hard part. So, because I need the income for my kids. So yeah, my mom's also a single mom. So it's, it's a hard struggle, but mom she knows. <laughs> yeah, she knows that that, yeah, that paycheck means a lot. Yeah, that, that insurance. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So do you kind of want to talk about what like a day in the life of Libby before COVID was like and kind of how it is now? Yeah. Um, busy. No. <laughs> um, well, before COVID, yes. Um, when I actually went to the building, um, very busy. Um, you know, we'd get up. So with my seven-year-old, because he came to school with me, um, we were up, you know, by six o'clock getting a set, well, seven, yeah, seven, um, getting him up and out the door, because I like to be at work early, so the lunch packed, and I would take breakfast with us, because he'd have to eat at school, because I like to be at work early. Um, so getting to work by 7.30, you know, school doesn't start till nine, and our contract is 8.30, but I like to be there early to make sure things are ready. Um, with my classroom, with it being structured, everything has to be in place. Everything has to be set up. And I'm very anal. I like to do it myself. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and with my students, with my eight, I mean, and I always have eight to 10 students. So it's always the same number. Um, and my students, like some of them I've had for four years. So they stay with me. Um, everything is their own individual. So everything has to be done. Um, so I like to have the classroom set up and I like to make sure my son, he does his homework at school. We don't do it at home. So we would do it in the morning in the classroom with me. Um, so once the classroom's set up, um, I, you know, double check my IEPs, double check all the data, make sure it's all done. Um, so then the school day, which school is busy. There is no such thing as students going to specials and me having planning time because there's always a student who has a behavior. So students are always with me in a classroom. Um, 
you know, lunch, a 30 minute lunch. Yeah, that doesn't happen because then a student doesn't want to go to lunch. So they stay with me, which is fine because I love my kids. Um, and then my son would pop over. So he has grown up with my students and those are his friends. So he would come over and then eat with them. Um, you know, when school would get out at 3.30, my son and then all my kids come over. So there is no planning time then because it's just chaos in the classroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's just, <laughs> uh, so that's just when we get the classroom cleaned and we get it um, kind of put back together for the next day. But again, it's just cleaning. We clean because I'm also a clean freak. So everything is bleached because our students put things in their mouth. Um, yes, the contract says we're done at four, but usually we're not out till 4.30. Um, and then my son, if it's like this time of year, um, that would mean he's getting dressed for skiing at school, having a snack that we've brought with, um, and we would run off to Hilltop for ski practice. <laughs> um, and then not get home until 8.30. <laughs> then it's cooking dinner, um, doing the dishes, getting them into the bath, getting them to bed, and then I would do schoolwork um, at night, lesson planning, um, until I was just absolutely done and then crashing by midnight and then just getting up and starting the next day. Um, I'm just go, go, go. Um, I would say my son's ADHD, but then again, so am I. So, um, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> <laughs> like two weeks before I got COVID, I had just finished, um, 16 credits in six months. Um, thank God I finished. But I had also just signed up for my national boards, but then I got COVID. I'm all, okay, that's not going to work. I'm going to have to take a break. Um, so I'm going to take a break from my getting my board certification until I can actually become and get my energy back. And um, Because I'm always taking classes. I'm always finding something to do. Um, but yeah, we're always, it's just always on the go. I mean, I'm there's no downtime. The winter we're skiing and the summer we're biking. Um, in the summer, we have a motorhome. So my son, my daughter doesn't like to come with us. So in the summer, um, I teach three days a week. And then as soon as I'm done teaching those three days, my son and I take off and we just, he picks if we head north or south and we just go find a campground and we camp. Uh, your favorite place to go camping with him? Up by Denali is our favorite. Uh, it's a new little campground up there. So we just like to go up there and we just spend our time because we have nothing to do. I mean, we just take the bikes and we go up and we bike and we hike and beautiful. we would come back in time to do laundry and teach for three days and then go off again. <laughs> oh. Um, but now with COVID, I just became a, up until I started getting healthier, I became a bump on a log. Um, but now since I got that medical release to go back to work, I mean, I'm great. Like last week we took off and went to Alaska for three days um, because I'm, I feel great. I feel healthy. I feel like I can do things, but I want to work, but I can't. So now we just take off and we get on our fat tire bikes and we go bike for the day or we go to Alaska and because he's in virtual school, so. Gotta get outside. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I just feel like I'm waiting. I'm just like, I, I'm ready to go to work, but I can't. Have you gotten back your taste and smell and everything? And is your shortness of breath all gone away? The, yep, the shortness of breath has gone away. And I think PT has really helped with that. Um, my taste and smell, it's back, but it comes and goes. That's how mine like, is. So, okay, good. Not good, but I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have noticed that. And I've had it a while. I had it a while ago. I was thinking it's going to be back to normal, but definitely not. It'll be totally fine. And then I'm like, this, it just tastes off. I'm like, this does not taste how I remember it tasting. <laughs> Yeah. Or I'm like, I can't smell this. <laughs> it's weird. Mm. Yeah. Definitely very odd, which I'm hoping that'll just come back all the way, but we'll see. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Like sometimes, yeah, I can't taste things. I'm all, is it bad? And my son will say, no, it tastes good, mom. I'm all, oh, okay. That's <laughs> for sure. I'm like, uh, I don't like, is this good? Are we okay here? <laughs> I have to have like <laughs> check things. They're like, no, you're fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Just gotta check. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you hope people who are listening to this podcast take away from your story? What do you want them to learn about COVID or just your overall experience? Um, what I want people to know, and the reason I also did the newspaper article is it's not just in your lungs. It's not just respiratory that, you know, people look normal. They're not coughing. It, it is getting into the brain. Like people are struggling. Um, and that's what I really struggled with when I got it is people thought, oh, she just chose to take time off. She's on vacation. She's not wanting to come back to work. Um, no, no, I was dying. Um, it got into, it gets into your brain. I mean, they're doing so much more research on it and it is affecting your brain. Um, it's getting in there. It is doing some crazy, crazy things to people. Um, you know, I did lay in my room and I mean, it does, it gets in there. And I, when I was really struggling, it, death sounded better. Um, there were days where I really thought of, you know, just ending it because the pain was so severe in my brain. And then thinking like, I couldn't form sentences. I couldn't talk. I couldn't get people to understand what was happening. And that is so hard. And then when you lose like parts of your body and you're trying to walk and you're dragging um, and just trying to get people to understand that and people don't. And again, when I kept hearing, well, just enjoy your time off. I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. Like I, this isn't fun. Um, and they didn't, they just didn't get it. Like, like this isn't working. And when things get into your brain, I mean, that's pretty severe because your brain is your your brain is your brain. Um, yeah, we look fine, but it's your brain and it affects you. Um, and just the things that it does to you, it's unbelievable. Um, and I don't, I, I never ask for help. I never want help. I'm just one of those people, single mom, I can do this. Yeah. Um, but it's unfortunate. We need help. People who it's affecting your brain need help. Like we can't drive. I couldn't cook. Um, I was burning. I was going to burn the house down. Um, like I needed serious help. My son had to teach me to tie my shoes. Um, I was go to walk out of the house and my son's going, mom, you're in your pajamas. 
Like I had no clue I was leaving the therapy and I wasn't dressed. Um, it was just, again, the brain, like I needed help and it's, it took a lot of people to, to get me to where I am. And it, again, I, I didn't want to ask for help. People just had to get in there and just do it. Um, and as I get better, I want to find people and help them, um, knowing what I've been through, because again, you, you just, it's crazy. Like I did, I, if it, if I didn't have my kids here, I wouldn't be here today. Um, because it is that bad. I mean, you just want to end, you want to be done. Um, and I have read that there are people that did like, they tried to explain how bad it was and then they just killed themselves. Um, it's, it's horrible. Um, there are people who are hallucinating and I can see that. Um, and so if it's getting that bad, you, you just want to end it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's your brain. And when that pressure is up there, um, it's pretty intense. I definitely thank you for sharing your story because I think a lot of people do think it's just like the flu or it's something that you get over, but that's really not how it is for a lot of people. And also we don't know how it affects you once you have it and you know, the long-term effects. Yeah, it affects everybody differently. And I mean, how we get out of it is different for everybody. Um, you know, I chose to go on a strict um, anti-inflammatory diet. Um, you know, I'm doing my therapies. I mean, that's just my choice. Um, if that's what's working, I don't know. I'm going to say it is, but I don't know. Um, you know, I can still feel every now and then when I get really stressed or I feel like pain starting to come back in those areas. Um, so I try to bring the stress level down. Um, they are going to repeat an MRI in a few months. I really hope the inflammation is down. Um, again, I could have, you know, lifelong effects from it, but at least I lived through it. So we'll see. But people need help. You got to find and help them through it. Otherwise, they're not going to make it. Definitely the time. Community needs community and people need to be there for each other now more than ever. And it is. And people reached out, people I hadn't seen in 20 years offering rides, um, which is great because my daughter, being just a 20-year-old, <laughs> I don't want to give you a ride anymore. <laughs> um, but it is because I, and it, the driving part was on me. I chose not to drive because I tried once and I, I couldn't like physically drive my truck. I just, I couldn't drive it. And I knew, I knew that wasn't safe for me or anybody else. So I didn't want to drive until I felt comfortable to drive. Um, and so that was over a month that I just, I didn't feel safe enough to drive. I mean, I couldn't walk up and down stairs without falling and and my whole right side just didn't work. So it wasn't safe to drive. So yeah, it did, it took a lot of people. I think it's sometimes hard for people to fully comprehend and understand what's going on when they just are getting thrown numbers and stuff. So 
sharing mm -hmm. your story and your experience is so important. Um, and thank you so much for doing that. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to touch on or talk about or thought I should have asked that we didn't cover yet? No, but you're better. You've healed completely. Yeah, I definitely had shortness of breath for a few weeks after I was like officially done isolating. Um, it's very interesting because I spent all of the fall down here in Missouri where the guidance and the guidelines and the, the way we're handling COVID is very different from the way Alaska and particularly Anchorage was handling it. So I had in-person classes on a campus of 30,000 students. So, you know, at the beginning people were dropping like flies, it seemed as if I had COVID, my friend had COVID, everyone was getting COVID. Um, and luckily I am in the demographic that it's not supposed to be as bad, but it's still a scary experience. And that's something I still tell people, no matter what stage, you know, how severe, obviously yours was a lot scarier than mine, but it's still a scary experience to have. Um, and just like not wanting to give it to other people and stuff like that. So I still have my taste and smell that's not quite right, but um, everything is back to normal as far as I know. <laughs> Good. Definitely. Well, that covers about everything for me. Um, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or thought I should have asked? Just be careful, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Libby. It was wonderful to virtually meet you. Um, I wish we could be like in a studio doing this, but I'm in my bedroom, so it has to be. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. Please stay safe, and I hope you start feeling better. Thank you. It was nice to meet you, too. Bye. <laughs> That was Libby Peterson speaking with Apnea producer Daniel DeClo. You've been listening to Podcast in Place, youth stories from quarantine from Alaska Teen Media Institute. Our show's theme music was composed by Devin Schreckengost with additional music by Kedrick Whiteman. Special thanks to Michelle Tirio Boots for helping facilitate this episode. Stay tuned for more stories from quarantined youth. You can find these stories at alaskateenmedia.org where we've included resources for youth during quarantine in partnership with the State of Alaska Division of Behavioral Health. Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the land of the Denina people whose land we work on. Many supporters of our podcast include Alaska Press Club, John O'Hara, and James McCoy. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of our sponsors. Thank you to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Apne. Just go to patreon.com slash Alaska Teen Media. You can also help by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our series on Apple Podcasts. Every little bit helps to get our stories out there. And don't forget to check out our website, alaskateenmedia.org. There, you can learn more about what our organization does, discover more youth-produced content, or find out how to get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for all sorts of updates. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Daisy Carter. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. We'll get through this together.